Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Technology Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about tech. That's right. And Kara has a fair amount of embarrassing questions herself, but it's actually different for her because she doesn't get embarrassed ever. <laughs> It's impossible to embarrass her. Indeed. Uh, But we do want to answer your questions, and they could be about cloud services, wireless plans, self-driving cars, I mean, what travel app Kara just used to book her lovely vacation that she's on. It really could be about anything. Oh, thank you so much for revealing my location. But So send us your questions. We really do read them all. Find us on Twitter and tweet them to us at at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag TooEmbarrassed. We also have an email address if you'd like to email us. It's TooEmbarrassed at Recode. And a friendly reminder, Embarrassed has two R's and two S's. And while you're at it, have a listen to our previous episodes too, which you can find on iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. I actually didn't reveal your location, by the way. I just said you were Uh. on vacation. Uh, Would you (laughs) like to reveal your location? I am on a beach, a lovely beach, and I'm enjoying it very much. So I'm looking at it right now. Are we in the same time zone? Yes, we are. I am down in uh, Malibu, California, and it's quite lovely. I'm in the boo. I call it the boo. I don't know if you know that. That's what That's the what people the cool here people do. No, they, they don't. The Uncool. I do it just to bother the people who live here. So Are you it's surfing? Quite lovely. Uh, no, I am not surfing. I'm walking up and down the beach and building structures. My son is, and the other one is just sleeping because he's a teenager. But we, we have, we're having a good time. I like Malibu, and it's nice to get away, I have to say. That's lovely. I bet it is nice to get away. Do you miss Silicon Valley? Do you miss all not the techies? Not even slightly. There are no, I don't have to worry <laughs> about Uber here. I don't have to worry about tech bros. It's really quite nice. It's quite lovely. And I just go for my little green shake across the street and walk along the beach. And it's very, it's a very simple overpriced life I'm living here. <laughs> well, we miss you and we look forward to you coming yeah. back, but I hope that I'll you will be back next week. Thoroughly I'll enjoy the beach. So what are we talking about today? Well, today on Too Embarrassed to Ask, we're talking about Samsung's latest product event, which I missed because I was sitting on the beach yesterday. Uh, it was Wednesday of this week and a big deal for the company, not only because it's recovering from the fiery phone debacle, but because it announced a lot of new stuff, not just the phone. And Lauren, by way of, I bought a Samsung stove and dishwasher today, and Casey Newton of The Verge, uh, who will be using it because he's renting my cottage, said, will it blow up, which I thought was quite funny. So this is how you're going to take out Casey. Casey (laughs) thinks he's moving into your cottage to enjoy this beautiful, (laughs) idyllic little place Uh, in San Francisco, in the heart of San Francisco. And you are just, this is how you're going to take down the verge. Exactly. This is it. This is my slow plan. And you're next, Lauren. You're next. (laughs) Thank you. You're going to supply all of us with Samsung appliances. (laughs) I can't wait. I know. It's going to be exciting. While you're at it, you might as well install smart cameras into our homes too, so you can watch. You can watch as well. Might as well. You think that hasn't been happened already? All right. I, All right I, I was well, way ahead of the Trump new privacy thing. Just trust me on that. Just removing privacy from everyone possible in the interests of corporations. That's my yeah. motto, like it's the Trump administration's. <laughs> so far, it seems the theme of 2017 is we're not surprised. No. Um, no. So, yeah, so the Samsung event, I covered it remotely from San Francisco, but. My Verge coworker, Dan Seifer, who runs our reviews program at The Verge, was actually there at the Samsung event in New York. And he also just spent about a week in Korea at Samsung headquarters, where he ate living seafood, I have to say. Uh, He ate a lot of kimchi and he ate a live octopus. But more importantly, he actually saw a Samsung phone explode, uh, which I want to hear about, among other things. But Dan, thank you for joining us. And welcome back to Too Embarrassed to Ask. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I just have one clarification. All right. And I think it's important to say, otherwise Samsung will get really mad. 
Not that we care what Samsung thinks, but uh, I didn't see a Samsung phone explode. Oh, I saw excuse a me, battery, battery explode. That's right. Batteries. So I just oh. just wanted to clarify that, but I'm happy to tell. I saw tell the engine it. explode of the car, but not the car itself. All right, you got it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was it was <laughs> a, a disembodied. Appreciate uh, battery. it. All right. Well, and nonetheless, there was explosions, and it had to there do with a phone battery fire, which I feel <laughs> is the fire. real point of the matter. But go on, go yes, on. Absolutely. All right. All right. So tell us about the event. <laughs> about the event. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is Samsung's biggest event of the year. They do uh, Samsung has a, a, a uh, twice a year release cadence for their phones. They do their S line uh, earlier in their year, which is their mainstream phone. I believe it takes about sixty percent of their sales is is the S line, uh, which is what we saw yesterday. And then later in the fall, they do the Note line, uh, which is the one that had all the controversy last year. But that's a that's actually a much smaller part of their uh, actual sales over the year. So this is the big deal. This is when they announced their major phone for the year, and they also announced a lot of accessories that go with it and new services that they're launching this year as well. What was the biggest thing about the new Galaxy S8 smartphone? Uh, it's kind of silly, but uh, it's it's really the screen, I think. If you've seen any of the coverage or if you've had a chance to see the phone in person, like a handful of people have. I have, actually. Uh, it's yeah, you pretty. saw it, Lauren. The screen is just like, it's it it like takes your breath away. It's like I hate to use cliches like that, but it is a stunning display to look at. Really? How, how stunning? Really I mean, I'm looking at the beautiful Pacific Ocean right now. I feel that stunning. <laughs> <laughs> that goes. That's the words I use when I think. So it's yeah, it's sunset. not an ocean. Ocean. It's an ocean stunning. But what? It's not boo. In in the realm stunning. of dis- of smartphone displays. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's right. stunning. Right. So it's very colorful. It's very vibrant and punchy. But the big deal this year is that. They've pushed the edges of the display almost to the edges of the phone frame. So you don't have these large borders around it like you might be used to with an iPhone or other phones. Above and below the screen, you've got those big borders that kind of distract from the screen experience. Mm -hmm. The new S8 almost has no borders. It's it's quite an experience. It feels like you're just holding a screen when it's actually Uh an entire So it's like a waterfall. Mm -hmm. You don't see it going over the edge. You don't see an edge. Yeah, it does that on the sides Mm because they're curved um, like the uh, the S7 Edge was last year. Both new models that they announced. announced an S8 uh, and an S8 Plus, which is a bigger phone. Um, But both of them have that curved screen waterfall effect, which is really, really quite cool. So they got rid of the Edge, I guess, name, right? But what this looks like is it it is similar to an Edge. And one of the things, by the way, we should note, they did in order to make this kind of bezel-less phone happen is they got rid of a physical home button. Correct. That's a thing now. Yeah. So like Samsung was one of the last companies in the Android world that was like really hanging on to physical buttons on the front of its phone. And most Android phone makers have moved to what's called virtual buttons where they show up on the display screen itself. Uh, But because this new phone, like you said, Lauren, is like all screen, uh, there was no room for an actual home button on the front. So they've removed the home button entirely. They're using a virtual home button like a lot of other Android phones. But what they did was they made uh, where the home button shows up on the screen, it is a pressure sensitive spot, which is similar to Apple's force touch, where you can push hard on the screen to do stuff. Uh, And this is just like a super localized version. It only works on that specific area of the screen, but you can push really hard on it to wake up the screen or to go home from whatever app you're in. Mm -hmm. So it simulates a a button without being a button. So you like, do you think it will sell well? Because a lot of people actually have been asking me about it. Like they've forgotten the battery issue almost. So talk a little bit about the battery issue and then what, how they answered those questions around it. And then we'll talk about their, sure. their new and how it fits into the larger study and the new products too. Yeah. So the battery issue. So unless you were under a rock 
for the second half of the year last year. <laughs> Samsung had released a phone called the Note 7 in August. Uh, it was released to cl- great acclaim, uh, uh, wonderful reviews. I personally reviewed it last year and gave it the highest score we had ever given a smartphone. A couple of weeks after launch, uh, and it was in uh, customers' hands, there started to appear reports of fires and explosions happening. And it turns out that they were not one-off incidents, but a systemic problem that was related to the manufacture of the phone. So Samsung had to recall two and a half million phones that it had shipped out, all of them back, figure out what was wrong with the battery that was, or what was wrong with the device that was causing the fire. They didn't even know it was a battery issue at that point. And then it... So it recalled them once, it said it figured out the problem and resolved it, and it put the phone back on the market a few weeks later. And then it wasn't long after that that the new, supposedly safe ones, the new ones, were also catching fire. So it had to recall the phone a second time, which is pretty much unprecedented in uh, the world of consumer electronics or or most industries. Uh, So it it was a very embarrassing event for Samsung. They had to, essentially, they they canceled the phone after the second recall. They just gave up on it. Uh, Mm -hmm. They recalled all of them back. And uh, there was a few dozen incidents reports. I believe Samsung said about 100 in the U.S. um, and then more globally. Uh, Fortunately, nobody was seriously injured. There were some minor injuries and there wasn't any serious property damage. But it was definitely a thing. Mm -hmm. uh, We talked about it actually on an uh, an earlier episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask with with Recode's Ina Freed at the time. And uh, we talked about whether or not Samsung could actually recover from this. And then uh, I think it was about a couple months ago, Dan, where they they did have an event. They said, we brought in all these third-party independent firms to examine our batteries. We figured out what was wrong. We now have implemented this eight-step battery check process, which Samsung says is more rigorous than most industry battery checks. And now what? I mean, now what with this phone? Yeah, so so the, so that was their response is they spent months investigating the issue, uh, figured out that it was the battery problem. It was a battery problem with the design. So then the suppliers were be- building based off of the design that was faulty, and then it kind of all trickled down the line. So like you said, they implemented what they're calling this eight-point battery check process. I actually got to see a lot of this in Korea when I went to visit their headquarters. They gave us a tour of the factories where they're building the, f- the new phones and they showed us the the battery check process and it's when you when they they call it an eight point battery process but it's not like it follows one two three four five six seven eight in a row uh it's essentially just integrated into their manufacturing chain now it consists of a number of different things some of them are all new tests some of them are expanded versions of prior tests uh, one of the big things that Samsung's doing now that it wasn't doing before was it is double checking the batteries after it receives them from suppliers. So the supplier might manufacture a battery and do its own safety checks. Samsung is repeating those safety checks when they get to Samsung's factories. Uh, and if it has any issues, it is rejecting b- entire batches of them of about 15,000 batteries at a time uh, if they fail any of these tests. Uh, some of the other new tests that they're doing, uh, one of them is what they call an accelerated usage test which is where they try to simulate months of usage of of regular real people usage in a matter of five days. So they do some battery rundowns and recharging and they they actually have employees sit there and turn the the Bluetooth on and off and the Wi-Fi on and off and they open the browser and they do all these like kind of normal everyday actions and they just are repeating this over and over and over again. (laughs) Those poor employees. Um, They're like, hey, listen, this might blow up. It seemed like a tedious job. (laughs) Just sit here and do this. (laughs) 
Yeah. Use and, one uh, hand. You'll have another. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And of course, like they're placing calls to these phones. So you hear that Samsung ringtone over and over and over and over again in this room. So I, I, I couldn't take more than five minutes. So they so they're not going to be announced every five minutes on an airline while you're there. Like that was to me the you know, that it didn't it wasn't just a product problem because lots of products had problems, but it became so everywhere. Like you heard about the right. problem, like every, every airline. I fly a lot, but every airline it was on. It was astonishing. And they often got it wrong. They wouldn't say the, it, was, it was the Samsung Galaxy Note 7 was the yeah. product that was an issue. Just said all but the Samsung airline phones. might just say like, Samsung phones. Yeah, they did. Samsung they did. S7. Like, but they didn't Samsung do it once. 7. They did it like four times on the flight. You're like, well, as you're taking off, before you get on. Yeah. You know, it was really fascinating. It was like, who is the guy with the note right now that everyone spotted and no one's yeah, saying right, Exactly. About. Exactly. Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, hugely embarrassing uh, thing. And, and there, you know, there's, there's companies that measure brand reputation and whatever and right. and all of those companies showed samsung's brand right. take a significant hit in the fall yep uh but in the time since uh the company has been pretty transparent or much more transparent than it used to be at least uh and it's and it's using every single opportunity to say how rigorous its new testing is and how this will never happen again and and i think a lot of these brand metric measurers are showing that the brand is is recovering quite a bit and you know based on our own internal metrics on like interest in the phone the s8 has a lot of interest like, it doesn't seem like people are you know not interested in the new phone at all because it, it a lot of people seem to want to know about it based on what we've yep, made they do say, for so. sure so, so it's, a, so it's a more conservative battery approach in the s8 right it's a smaller battery yeah, than the note they're not making any crazy claims around it Right. Yeah. What what they did was um, so compared to the S7 Edge last year, the batteries in both models of the S8, the S8, and the S8 Plus uh, are smaller in capacity. There's some technical numbers to go in there, but you could just know that they're smaller in capacity. What Samsung said that it did is it changed to a new battery chemistry uh, that is less focused on how much battery capacity it can hold between charges, like how long it's going to last you before you have to recharge it, but more focused on the long-term health of the battery. So in six months or a year down the road, they're saying that the new battery in the S8 will hold more of a charge than competing batteries or their older batteries. So if you've ever owned a smartphone, you know that a year or two later, your battery does not hold the charge like it did the day you bought it. Right. Samsung says the new chemistry in their new batteries is designed to prevent that, and it holds 95% of its charge two years down the road compared to 60 to 80% that other batteries see. Uh, yeah, I'm just wondering why they showed you a fiery battery on your trip to headquarters in Korea. <laughs> what was that about? So I don't think they meant to show a fiery battery, oh. but they did. So uh, in one of the tests, they do a long-term testing thing that is simulating exposure over six months. So they do a lot of uh, damage tests, which are pretty, this is not a new test. They pound it with weights. They poke nails through the battery. They have a simulated butt that sits on it, oh. which is always amusing to see. Oh. Uh, in this one Apple particular this test. Too. They have like, like this cushion that they push onto their iPhones and they say it's like, it's like a butt. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it actually it, it has it has a pair of jeans over it, like it's it's meant to look like a butt. Okay, right. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, but but Every one time of the you say the word tests, butt, I just laugh. But go ahead. <laughs> Same. See, I've I'm been not. hanging with teenagers uh, and a tween, so butt is hysterical right now. But go and ahead. And I have the sense of humor of a <laughs> yeah, perfect. So perfect. it works out. So this one particular test is uh, they have the battery in a chamber 
it's not in a phone. It's it's just in a the battery is is removed from the phone. It's sitting in a chamber, and a piston uh, comes down on top of the battery and applies pressure. And it is their standard test is what they call thirteen kilonewtons of pressure, which is one kilonewton is the equivalent gravitational force of a two hundred and twenty pound human. So thirteen is a lot of people, and so it, it uh, focuses the weight on that battery. And it is supposed to withstand that pressure. So they're demonstrating this particular test. They see that the piston comes down. It hits the battery. Nothing really happens at first. The piston lifts up and the battery is stuck to the bottom of the piston, uh, which the guide said, oh, that's pretty normal. Nothing really happens for like a minute. And then like all of a sudden the battery drops off the bottom of the piston, starts to swell up, starts to glow this like bright red glowing like lava looking thing and then it combusts into flames it burns out and then it's just this like black charred piece of yeah, electronics well, that was very descriptive so it was, <laughs> yeah it was, it was it was a very arresting experience felt to like watch logan it even though i'm felt like, like outside the chamber movie i just saw but go ahead yeah go ahead <laughs> did it smell no because it was in a chamber so like this sealed chamber that this test happens in kind of seals out all the gases or, you know, heat. Like I couldn't feel the heat. I couldn't smell it, but I could see it through the window. And it was still like a, whoa, this is happening type of moment. So what actually happened was that the engineer that was running the test, either he didn't communicate to his uh, higher ups that he was doing something different or he just kind of like flubbed it. What Samsung says is that he applied 20 kilonewtons of force instead of the standard 13 that the test normally calls for. So the 20 kilonewtons of force was enough to cause the battery to explode in the chamber. Uh, Needless to say, while we were standing there, uh, the PR team was a little caught off guard. They did not know this (laughs) was going to happen. I love engineers. There was a lot of uh, scrambling uh, going on, which was which is also amusing to think. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I was like, this is fine. Inside baseball. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, our first reaction was uh, just before it had happened. He had given the whole speech of like, if it fails these tests, we reject a whole batch at once, which can be fifteen thousand batteries. And we watch it fail, and we're like, so that whole batch is bad, right? But. Oh dear! It was, it was it was simulated as opposed to the real thing. All right, so let's, that was let's, that was the only time I've seen a battery explode in person. So let's talk about the Hopefully new products the and and how they fit into the the strat the larger strategy because it wasn't just the phones because mm-hmm. they need to get off just the phones and so let's talk about that and then let's get to Apple and how they feel about sure. that. So talk about the new products. Yeah. So uh, in addition to the phone, they announced uh, a Gear VR, which is their virtual reality headset mm-hmm. that you stick a phone into, uh, and they are releasing a new handheld controller with it so it makes it a little bit easier to navigate this is kind of similar to what other vr headsets offer already so that's a little bit of a catch-up so that's that that's that's kind of predictable they also uh released a new version of their gear 360 camera which records 360 degree photos and video which you can view in a vr headset or you can view on your phone uh this new one actually allows you to live stream 360 video to facebook or um Mm-hmm. YouTube. One other platform. YouTube, yes, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, Facebook or YouTube, which is kind of interesting. Um, it's cute, but too. It's, the design it, is it's, different. It's a cute-looking thing. Yeah, it's a little bit smaller. It's got a built-in stand slash handle, so you can do 360 selfies easier. I still think it's kind of a... Uh, the time hasn't quite come for 360 video yet, so it, it's it's very early on. So those are the hardware products. The other things that the Samsung is focusing on... Um, more so than ever before are its software services. And so Samsung is a very established company in building hardware. It's been making phones and electronics, like you mentioned, the stove and the dishwasher and washing machines and refrigerators. It makes all of this hardware products for years and, you know, generally makes pretty good ones. 
Uh, but what it doesn't have that Apple and Google have are services that people associate with those products and and want and are looking for. So it's making a big effort this year to create and start these services that prevent or provide lock-in to its products or provide extra value to its products. And the biggest one is this assistant called Bixby, which is a silly name, uh, but it is essentially Samsung's answer to Siri and Google Assistant and Alexa and Cortana. Uh, and what it does is it resides on the – it's debuting on the S8, but it sits on the phone, and it's supposed to help you use the phone. So it'll help you accomplish tasks on the phone, whether it's sending a picture to a contact or um, sending an email or turning off various features of the phone like Wi-Fi or brightness and stuff like that. But it's not supposed to be a Google where you ask it what the weather is tomorrow or how tall the Eiffel Tower is and stuff like that. So it's a little bit different spin on the assistant idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's interesting and clever, but it has a ton to prove. Right. Uh, and it's and it's debuting in a very, very limited way. What do you mean Bixby? Um, what, the, what the heck? Every, is everything like a butler? Is that a butler name? <laughs> Who did they come up with this stuff? Why can't so, it just be like Phyllis? The backstory or, to the Bixby name is not a lady. Is, I know it's so the true. Back, the the backstory to the Bixby name is a little bit interesting. Uh, Bixby. So Jesus. Samsung sees Bixby as an assistant that can go in all of its devices. So it's it's no. launching on the S8, but it's going to be they the plan is to put it into everything that Samsung makes, whether that's a gadget or an appliance or something else. Uh, every piece of hardware is supposed to be able to be able to be controlled with Bixby. And so if you want to think metaphorically, it is the bridge between Samsung, the hardware maker, and Samsung, the services provider that it wants to be. And Bixby is that bridge. And it just so happens to be in the state of California, about 120 miles south of San Francisco, Mm -hmm. is a bridge called the Bixby Canyon Bridge. Mm -hmm. All right. There's also Bixby, Oklahoma, right? But it has nothing to do with that. Yeah, and there's like, you know, Bixby's, I, I think there's an actor named Bixby with the last name Bixby. Bill Bixby. Yeah, Bill Bixby. And he the, had, the other, and he had yeah. a maid or, or, or something. It was the Eddie's father. <laughs> the other father. reason uh, that they say they use Bixby is that it's uh, a unique word that's easy for computers to recognize or to pick out of the air. So like th- something like Amazon has said this, Alexa is a X's. multi-syllable word that is unique enough for their microphones to pick up and isolate. They all have X's. It's a similar with Bixby. Yeah, they're mm. weird words we don't say very often. Mm. But the Butler thing is very apt for what Bixby is designed to do. Is It's designed to be a Butler on your phone. That's, One of the things I correct. saw it do that was kind of cool in an early demo was it has, you know, sort of object recognition, which other apps do. Amazon has an app mm-hmm. that does this, and I think Google has done some of this. But the idea that you could just point your phone at an object like a book in your apartment or in the um, demo I saw, they also pointed it at bottles of wine. And then it just, the assistant automatically knows what that is, and it sends you to an Amazon page that's like, you can buy this here. Um, and I think that, that, from my understanding, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, Samsung is only going to be able to do this with Bixby if they have partnerships in place to bring up those results and basically to get that data. It's not like it's just magically going to work. So the rollout yeah. may be slow, but it's kind of a cool feature. Yeah. So the partnerships, uh, one of them is Amazon. So like you said, you can point it at a book or a product and it will try to link you to a similar or the same product on Amazon so you can buy it. The other one is that that wine bottle partnership you mentioned is with a company called Vivino, which I guess is a giant database of wine. <laughs> uh, so you can uh, take a picture or point your camera at a wine bottle and learn all about its vintage and flavor notes and its score on all the, the wine scoring things. 
Uh, and then they also have a partnership with Pinterest, which will uh, surface real, uh, similar images on Pinterest. So, oh, so Kara uh, can actually take the phone and point it at her fancy green juices and Malibu to speak. <laughs> and then theoretically, yeah. a Pinterest page would come up of all people that love juice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean exactly that. I, I I pointed it at flowers during one demo, and it showed me a bunch of flowers on Pinterest. All right, okay. Well, All right, what else? Right. What else? More things. Uh, so uh, there's a couple other things that Bixby can do. It can set reminders and stuff, but it's it's like I said, going to be really limited at first. And Samsung really sees this as a long game, uh, which is meaning that they're going to have to really manage expectations a lot with it because it doesn't do a whole lot at first. All right. And then there's and then Dex. The, Talk about Dex. Yes. So Dex is their He's dating Bixby. Dex is a, Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Dex is a, a combination of a hardware and software product. Dex is there's a Dex dock which you pop the phone new phone into and it's got a bunch of plugs on the back. You can plug a monitor and a keyboard into. And when you plug the phone into it, it sets up a desktop like experience on the big monitor. So, so the uh, idea is you're a business person and you're you, you're traveling and you need to do a presentation somewhere, but you don't want to carry your whole laptop. Right, so you you take your Samsung phone with you, you bring the little Dex dock, and you plug it in, and everything's magic, right? Yeah, it's the same concept as Windows 10 Continuum. It's the same concept that my, Motorola tried five or six years ago with its Atrix line. Uh, Palm tried this even longer than that ago. Uh, so it's definitely not a new idea at all. Um, and and the idea essentially boils down to that your phone is your only computer. And when it's in your hand, it acts as a phone. And when it sits in the stock, it acts as a, a full computer. And it can use or run Android apps on the big screen. Samsung's worked with Microsoft to make sure that the office suite of Word and Excel and PowerPoint all work on Dex. Uh, there's a couple of Adobe apps like Lightroom and Photoshop that you can use on Dex. And uh, the Samsung's browser has been optimized so that it shows full screen or full desktop pages when you're using Dex. Samsung's uh, browser, then, by the way, which is still just called Internet. When you look at the, when you look at the icon, it's like an old, like, and it just says Internet. Yeah, it's it's to the point. <laughs> uh, but you can also run other Android apps in there as well. Some might be optimized to the screen. Others might run in a windowed experience. Uh, you can access all your notifications when it's plugged into the dock on your big screen. You can answer calls and stuff, so you don't really lose any of your functionality of your phone. Uh, when we demoed it, uh, I got a brief demo of it before the event, and I was actually quite impressed with the performance. It was able to load a bunch of tabs in the browser. I was able to switch between applications very quickly and easily. I was really surprised given that prior experience with like Windows 10 Continuum has been pretty mm-hmm. pretty subpar. So uh, there's still a lot to prove there, but it's interesting. I think it's going to be a total business con- customer play. Like the average consumer won't care about this at all. So th- this is all like trying to create a lot of excitement around Samsung with lots of things, like lots of announcements and strategery and things mm-hmm. like that. But let's talk about wh- what it's aimed at, which is Apple, correct? I mean, how can they actually overtake Apple, which I think is is the point here, correct? So that's a, that's a very interesting question um, because... Since 2012, Samsung actually has overtaken Apple in the smartphone market. It sells more phones than Apple does every year. It ships more phones every year. Uh, It generally introduces new technologies to its devices long before Apple does. Uh, So it is beating Apple in a number of ways. But the big way that it's not beating Apple is in mindshare. It's not seen as a leader like Apple is. And it really wants to be a leader Um, on its own right. It doesn't want to be in the shadow of Apple. It doesn't want to be seen as following Apple. It doesn't want to be seen as Apple's foil. But it's really, Samsung is Apple's only real competitor 
in the premium smartphone market. Um, all the other devices, especially in Western markets like the US and Europe, there's no other players in this space of devices that are $700 or more and selling in meaningful numbers. It's, it's only Samsung and Apple. Uh, so it's, it's, it's always going to be seen as that foil to whatever Apple is doing. But between the progression it's made in, in hardware design, if you look at a Samsung phone that's released now or even last year, it's hard to say that it looks like an iPhone anymore. It, there was a time where, uh, you know, and there's major lawsuits to this effect uh, from Apple and Samsung where it was almost indistinguishable to tell an Apple phone from a Samsung phone by visual cues. Right. Just, Samsung really designed its phones that looked like iPhones and the packaging looked like an Apple packaging, et cetera, right down to to the, the box it came in. Uh, but now they've kind of established their own niche. Those waterfall edge uh, displays are really unique and uniquely Samsung. They, nobody else is doing that. Uh, its devices don't look like Apple's. Even it's changed its packaging, so it doesn't really look like an Apple packaging anymore. So it's 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 stepped apart in that sense. However, the big thing that Apple has that Samsung doesn't have are those services uh, and software platforms. Uh, App, uh, Samsung's products run. Android, which is a Google platform. Uh, Apple obviously has iOS and, and Mac OS and its own software platforms. And it has Siri and iMessage and all these other things mm-hmm. that kind of lock you into the iOS ecosystem. And Apple's really been emphasizing security over the past couple of years as well, which I think is a big selling point for people, especially now. Yeah, absolutely. And so Samsung is trying its its own services. So on the security side, Samsung has, has developed Nox. what it calls Knox, mm-hmm. which is a, a a very good security platform. It seems it's it's certified by government agencies and and actually is is used um, across the world. Uh, and then things like Bixby, which it's trying to use as a connective thread between all of its products. And there's even potential for it to bring Bixby to other platforms. So that's really the challenge for Samsung is to be able to no longer just be a hardware maker for other people's platforms, but to be a successful company that builds hardware and also has the services that people want and look for and matter. And it's struggled to do that for a long time. A lot There's a whole graveyard of bad Samsung software ideas. Um, and and Bixby could end up there. We don't know yet. Bixby, uh, but it, <laughs> I can't just. I'm sorry. It's I the latest effort. I cannot go there with this. And I'm like, I'm okay with Alexa, but the Bixby is insane. It's like you can visualize Bixby though, right? An irritating butler guy who like covers. And stuff. <laughs> I, I think of it as a dog name. Oh really? <laughs> like, uh. like it's a cute cute name for a dog, All right. like a little dog. All right. But, okay. I don't All right. Really let's have any thoughts on it. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's move I on really to Q and A. Q and A. Yes. Okay. People so people have been waiting for their questions to be answered. Yes. Exactly. So in a minute, we're going to take some questions from our readers and listeners about the Samsung event. But first, here's a word from another fine Vox Media podcast. Since you're a fan of Too Embarrassed to Ask, you might want to check out Vox's policy podcast, Weeds. That is Sarah Cliff, Matt Iglesias, and me. As reclined, we go deep into policy every week, both the policy that is happening in Congress, in the White House, and the policy that maybe should be happening. Everything from universal basic incomes to how to think about productivity statistics and innovation. We look at white papers. We dig into the research. It's a lot of fun if you are very, very nerdy. So just search The Weeds on your favorite podcasting app, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever it might be, and, and come join us. We would love to hear from you. All right. If you've been listening to this show, you know how it works. Every week we take questions from our readers and listeners and we try to answer everything we can. This week, we're going to answer your questions about the latest Samsung product event. And we have Dan from The Verge here to answer these questions along with assists from Lauren. First question, Lauren, would you like to ask 
I would like to ask it. Uh, this person's right, name on Twitter is Cool Blue, and the person's handle is Paul Skent or Paul S. Kent. What are the chances it will explode? Can I take it on a plane? He's just getting right to the point here. This is what yeah. people want to know. Cut to the chase. The chances explode. I can't answer that. On, on, I mean, the, the chances are exactly the same as any other phone that comes to the market. I will say that Samsung is putting a lot of effort and not only a lot of effort, but a lot of investment. It's costing them a lot to do all these tests and to make sure that it won't, the explosions won't happen ever again. We'll have to see if that is the case. Yeah. Personally, I would be very surprised if a Note 7 situation happens again. Um, I think that they learned their lesson the hard way on that one. So um, I, I don't expect it to explode. Uh, can you bring it, bring it on a plane? Yes. There's nothing that's stopping you from bringing it on a plane. Uh, in fact, those things that we mentioned earlier in the episode, the announcements on the, the various flights for the Note 7, because the Note 7 has been fully recalled and is no longer on the market, they've actually ceased making those announcements. So the S8 is a different product, uh, does not apply to the ba- flight ban, excuse me, does not apply to it. So yes, you can bring it on a plane. Um, but you cannot wear yoga pants and bring it on the plane. That's correct. <laughs> Because United Airlines staff's minds will explode that women actually have freedom. Anyway, next question. Does S8 battery life suck from Evo Sitirov? Evo's at Evo Sitirov. Does S8 battery life suffer when they have to cram so much in so little space and power huge display? That is a good question. It makes me worried, too. So we'll have to find out when we review it. I can't answer specifically exactly what the battery life is like. Uh, Samsung will tell you that it lasts a day, which is what every single company says about every single phone they release. Uh, They do say that their new processors that they're using this year are more power efficient. So it should hopefully make up for the increase in display size. Okay. Next two questions are about the camera on the new phone. Um, I mean, Samsung is known for having really excellent cameras in its Galaxy line of phones. Uh, Jonathan Tanzer asks, how well does the SE camera specs and photo quality compare to the Google Pixel? Uh, another person, Nadir, uh, at Nadir Connie on Twitter, how Samsung's multi-frame compare to Google HDR on Pixel? I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Explain it for the regular people. Uh, so... Multi-frame refers to when a camera captures multiple images at one time, and then it combines the data from those images together into one frame so that it can get more detail uh, for that final frame. Uh, The Google Pixel does this. The iPhone has done this for a long time. Uh, One of the new things that Samsung introduced with the S8 is that feature. So it's the first time that Samsung has applied it into their cameras. Uh, One of the other interesting things about the camera is that it is the same camera that was on last year's S7 phones, uh, which was an excellent camera. It was, it was one of the best on the market, really hard to find fault with it at all. Uh, it's interesting that Samsung did not change the camera at all in terms of hardware. It's the same sensor and same lens. Generally, we see them push the envelope with camera technology, and they didn't do that this year. All the changes were made on the software side. That said, I think it's going to be splitting hairs between the Google Pixel and the S8 and the iPhone 7 and whatever Apple's next camera is. They're so good at this point that it's like an untrained eye can't tell the difference. They they all should be really excellent cameras. Oh, good. Okay. Samsung also improved the selfie camera on this one, Kara. Yeah. The the front camera is higher resolution and it autofocuses now, which most people don't think about it, but your front facing camera doesn't usually autofocus. Wow. So now Samsung has autofocus. I'm very excited about that. All right. Now this one is in all caps from Sahil Bala. Please shout I'm going to yell it at you, okay? (laughs) Who would pay that much money, especially outside the U.S.? Question mark, question mark, exclamation mark, point, exclamation point. Thank you. Uh, so the question he's asking is, is who would pay that much money? I believe he's saying it's pricey. 
The price yeah. of the S8 in the US is roughly $720 to $750, depending on your carrier. Uh, and then if you want the S8 Plus, which is the bigger model, it's another $100 on top of that. Who? I can't answer who, but I can say that Samsung sells tens of millions of phones every quarter at these high prices, as does Apple. So there are millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people that buy these phones, even outside of the US. Mm -hmm. uh, Apple and Samsung sell lots of phones in China. They sell lots of phones in Europe. They sell lots of phones in Korea and so on and so forth. So clearly, if you buy one, you don't care about he your health care because right. yeah. you should <laughs> yeah, not be really. buying premium phones if you care about your health. Oh my God, those people. Ugh, God. Anyway, it is <laughs> one expensive. Thing, one that, thing I I, even, that's I, an expensive phone. And I'm it's the, an expensive phone, but it's not it's the same price as an iPhone. I know. A comparable but, iPhone is the same price. Okay, all right. The thing that's that's Oh, you can get you can get it subsidized then. Well, it, subsidized doesn't really exist anymore, at least here in the U.S. Yeah. What you can do is you can get it split, your payment split up. Oh, over so it does. It seems years. like it's subsidized. Exactly. It's $30 a month. It's yeah. not Oh, that's how stupid I am. All we, right. shameless plug, did a, an entire podcast with Joanna Stern on this exact topic a few weeks ago. So I, the way the wireless carriers in the U.S. have kind of structured everything now. So I would highly recommend listening to that. Next question, F. Reed at Two Low Tech. I think we've reached peak big phones. Have phones gotten too tall? Good question. Believe it or not, these phones are smaller than last year. Oh. Mm -hmm. So the S8, which has a 5.8 inch screen, which sounds like a very big screen on paper, actually is narrower than last year's S7, which had a 5.1 inch screen. And it is just Barely bigger than an iPhone 7, which has a 4.7 inch screen. So because Samsung does that dual waterfall or curved edge screen, it is able to make the phone narrower than other competing devices. And a narrower device is easier to handle in one hand. Uh, they did make it slightly taller, but it's not meaningfully taller than an iPhone 7. If you do get the S8 Plus, which has a 6.2 inch screen, you are dealing with a bigger device. And you would probably have a little more trouble using that one-handed unless you have really, really big hands. I but like them big. I the, like them big. The choice is there. I like them big. Stop complaining. They're great. <laughs> yeah, I they're like great em. for watching video. I mean, they're great for everything you use a smartphone for. Like, you. If you're reading content, if you're mm -hmm. tweeting, if you're watching, playing games, watching video, a bigger screen is like a better experience. Nice. I love my big yeah. phone. Like when you're watching the movie Keanu on a flight. Not that I did that recently. Oh my Just god! Saying. Really? It's really. It has a kitten in it. There's a kitten in it. Was it, it was a good movie because I love Key and Peele so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, then I suggest going I to see Get Out. That's the really good movie oh, yeah. of this. this That's on my group. list. Well, you know what you do is you go see Get Out and then you palate cleanse with Keanu because yes. Keanu is a silly comedy. Okay, it's really Get quite Out funny. Is, is intense. It means cool yeah. lion breeze, by the way. Yeah. All right. All right. Next question. Jeff Borden. What's stopping at I am Borden? Haha. <laughs> That's funny. What's stopping Samsung from a break with Android? Does Bixby signal their turn towards the direction even more? Is Bixby a signal? So that's uh, that kind of relates to what I was saying earlier is that Samsung makes hardware for other people's platforms or other companies' platforms. And Android is the big platform that it uses on its mainstream devices. Uh, it's been trying for years to push its own platform called Tizen, uh, right, but yeah. it's only released that in uh, developing markets on really low-end devices. We've not seen any I've Tizen phones. about that. Um, about in the US or, or Europe, there's Tizen running on wearables that Samsung sells. I don't foresee Samsung really being able to drop Android anytime soon. The big thing with Android is the ecosystem that it has, and it has millions of apps. It has like 
an established platform and stuff like that. And Samsung doesn't have that at all. Bixby might be a go around around that. It's a way to create a software service that still works with Android, but also works with other platforms, whether it's Samsung's Tizen platform or another platform beyond that, um, that provides a unique service. Uh, so I don't think it is a zero sum game. I think Samsung will continue to work with Android while developing its own platforms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Uh, next question is from Amir Shukohi. I might have um, pronounced that incorrectly. Sorry about that. At Amir U64. Tell us how much we can turn the software into stock Android. People always have a lot of opinions about Samsung's TouchWiz skin over Android. Tell us a little bit about the software. Yeah, so this is generally a question that we get from a lot of enthusiasts because mm-hmm. they want yeah, they appreciate really. Samsung's hardware design, but they don't like Samsung's software design. So they try to make it look like a Google Pixel phone or Nexus phone as much as possible. Uh, generally, the tips are you install a different app launcher uh, from the Play Store, which can change the, the look and effect. You install some other applications that can give you some of the features that a Pixel has. But at its core, it's still running Samsung software. So depending on how you feel about the way they organize the settings menu or the way they op- change the lock screen, that may or may not be a deal breaker for you. Samsung does have a theming engine, so you can change the colors and make it look like the colors of a Pixel pretty quickly and easily. Um, but it is still Samsung software. Is that actually um, what that, that's called, a theming engine? So, yeah, it's an app on the phone called Samsung Themes, um, which will change the color of the icon, the look of the app icons. It will change the color of the settings menu. It can change the color of the notification shade and all these the other assets of the phone. Engine. I like it. Sounds like yeah. a band name. Sounds like a oh band Kara would front. Except for uh, no, <laughs> my band's engine. name. Everyone has a band name. My band's name is Pregnant Women Smoking. Anyway, oh, um, <laughs> mine is Last Night's Makeup. <laughs> Dan. Those are both good. Dan. <laughs> What's your what, band what name? is mine? Yeah. What is my band name? Should have yeah. one. Oh, I should have one. Yeah. I always come up with one and then I forget them. All right. Okay. Well, next, we're two more questions left. Um, an email question from Nathaniel in Ottawa. This is a long one. With phone basils shrinking and smaller and smaller, I'm wondering if there becomes a point which at which the phone becomes more difficult to handle. I've played with the S7 Edge and know that I had some issues with accidental touch input on the sides. I fear a similar problem on phones like the S8, regardless of Edge screens. Same problem could potentially be there for the LG G6 and the Xiaomi Mi Mix. So difficult to handle. These things become so touchy. <laughs> yeah, so essentially what he's saying is that when there's no frame around the phone, you don't know where. You're only touching screen. Right. So what happens if you're you're touching the screen, which is a touch screen, Much touching. and you're trying to do other things on the on the touch screen. Mm-hmm. Um so uh the, with the S8, the curvature on the side is slightly different than the S7 edge, which um may help with that. I I haven't used it long enough to really say. Uh and then Samsung can implement software things that can reject touches that aren't intended uh how well it's it works i don't know yet so we haven't yet done our review but we'll certainly be finding that out um i can say that samsung's been making curved screens for a number of years now so it has a few generations of this under its belt uh to sort it out and figure it out um but it seems like the industry is going towards more screen less frame because it's it's a way the 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 essential problem is that People want a bigger screen, but they don't want a bigger phone. And the way to make a bigger screen without making the phone bigger is to shrink the borders around the screen. Mm-hmm. So I, Samsung's not going to be the last one. Uh, the, the, the other phones that the, uh, he, Nathaniel mentioned, the G6 and the Xiaomi Mi Mix, both have screens that are pushed to the edges in a very similar manner. So I really think that's how the industry is going. So the industry is going to have to figure out 
how not to accept all our errant, incorrect touches. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> the industry has that to accept. Sense. I'm not even gonna... Sort it out, industry. I, I'm really not going to go there. On Reject my touches. <laughs> all right. Okay, then. All right. All right. I'm going to move on from that one because we're a family yes, program. This is a nice segue. The last question <laughs> comes from someone named... Kara, can you help me out with this name? I don't, it's tough. Who is this? Wal- oh, some guy. Wal- I don't know. Some Walt guy. Mosberg? Yeah, Walt- Mossberger. Mossberger in Asia. Mossberger, yeah, yeah. At Walt Mossberg. Um, well, this sounds like a nice man. Uh, when Dan was in Korea, how much kimchi did he consume? <laughs> he sounds like a troll to me. He is. Oh, uh, he is. Trust <laughs> me on that one. Mm-hmm. So I learned that kimchi is with every meal in Korea. Yeah. And I also learned that I'm not the hugest fan of kimchi. Oh, I love kimchi. I just had a delicious kimchi the other night in San Francisco at a delightful barbecue. I I think it's a a bit of an acquired taste, Mm. and I haven't acquired that taste yet. Oh, I like it quite a bit. But I've only had kimchi in places other than Korea, so it's hard to say how authentic the kimchi is. You had authentic kimchi. Yeah, they they have white kimchi and red kimchi. Yes, they do. They do. They have uh, both of them. We have many Koreans in San Francisco, and they have that also. You can bring real food to other places i feel um but you so you did not acquire the kimchi but did you do barbecue and other things some lovely things we did try other things as uh lauren mentioned at the outset uh the weirdest thing i think i ate was a uh still wriggling baby octopus tentacle Hmm. well done um so it was dismembered but it was still wriggling Mm -hmm. had obviously not been cooked in any any fashion uh, so that was an interesting experience. And you yeah. saw a phone explode. So what a great yeah. trip you had. Battery. So that's really good, Battery good for you. Explodes. Battery. I'm sorry. I actually once, I had a shrimp that was still wriggling and alive, and I don't think I've recovered from oh it. Oh, my goodness. So Bunch I don't know babies. if you're going to recover from that octopus. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things that I tried it. I said, it, I'm good. I did that, and I can move on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I bit a head off a sandpiper yesterday, and I'm just fine with it. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Dan, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Yes, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. And Dan's, by the way, his feature from his trip to Korea and his story on Samsung is on TheVerge.com. You need to go read it. It's really great. Please read it. Especially the lead. The lead is just like... It sucked the air out of the room when he was there, as he wrote. So go check it out. If you all enjoyed this episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. We really like reviews. Go to iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. But seriously, subscribe. If you do, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes like this one every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where we answer all of the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. And if you're not on iTunes, you can also subscribe on Google Play Music. Tune in, Stitcher, SoundCloud, we're everywhere. Or you can just go to the website, go to recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has some podcasts that you should check out. In fact, Dan is going to be on the Verge cast later today, uh, which we'll publish later this week. And that's hosted by Neil I. Patel. And then uh, that guy, Walt Mossberg, who wrote into oh, our show, oh. somehow he managed to get a podcast called Control Walt Delete. No, Walt Mossberg is our favorite person and he hosts that with Neil I. Patel so you should check that show out as well and don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to Too Embarrassed at Recode.net thank you for listening uh, thanks also to Digital Media the company that distributes this show and thank you to our producer Eric Johnson who's sitting across from me right now uh, with only a cat between us my cat mm-hmm. joined us for the podcast uh, we'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask so tune in then